Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line. Live with you on SportsGrid on this Monday morning. It's hour number two. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside. A lot of good stuff for us to get to here in this second hour. We'll preview the baseball board. We'll talk about some of the upcoming changes for the Utah Jazz. But I want to start by resetting the Stanley Cup playoff odds after a weekend of hockey. The Avs are up 3-0 on the Oilers. We'll talk about game four in just a second. But we are 2-1 through 3 uh, right now with the Lightning and the Rangers. As the Lightning come back after dropping the first two, they were down 2 nothing. Donnie. In the second period of this game, score the next three and the only other goals remaining in this game. Obviously, if you're the Lightning, you had to have it, and they did. The Rangers still favored in the series, but not by a ton, currently minus 140. Yeah, and you're feeling bad if you're the first of all, the Rangers stealing the first two games. I don't even want to say stealing it. They basically were the better team on those nights. But if you're looking overall at this series itself, do you feel like you let one slip away? You go down to Tampa, but you know you're getting your best effort out of the Lightning. You have a two to nothing lead in there. Your goalie's standing on his head. You say, We just have to ride this game out. And they weren't able to do so. And also, the gut punch of, sure, you had a two nothing lead. You let that get away. But letting a goal get in there and under one minute to play here and stealing that out gives brand new life to the Lightning. Because if that game goes an easy victory for the Rangers, let's just say they win that game two to nothing, three to one, empty net or whatever it would be, or going to extras there, should say go to overtime and the Rangers picking up a win. That is an absolute gut punch there where the Rangers, if you said after three games, what do you have the lead in the series? We'll take that. Sure. But the way it played out, maybe not so much. Here is my thing though, with this series, Donnie. Okay. The, the, the first two games at Madison square garden, they priced Tampa as the favorite. And I don't know how you saw it, but I saw that as a big-time overreaction. I I understand, you know, Tampa's history here, right? But they were not booked that way when we were talking about them against Toronto to open it up. They were not favored, at, you know, to win this series against Florida. I understand they earned a level of respect. Although the Rangers did as well. The Rangers had swept them during the regular season, had home ice advantage. Game number one, okay, they win 6-2. I thought, all right, maybe you learn your lesson here. They take game number two once again as dogs. Now, going back to Tampa, you expect Tampa to be favored. But I see this series price here, right? And the Rangers at minus 140. I know I'm asking you to project out a little bit, but but work with me here. When we go to game five, I don't care what the score is. We go to game five. Are Tampa going to be favored in Madison Square Garden again? Doesn't that feel like a mistake or am I on an island here? 
I don't know if you'll be on an island on this one, but it probably is going to be the case, particularly, Kevin, if Tampa Bay wins game number four and you go back to the Garden 2-2. Yeah. All right. They, they righted the ship here, right? They won their last two games. Why don't we host that same plus 108 on the New York Rangers here on their home ice? That's what it feels like where it's coming back to me. And you're right. When we started the series, breaking it down, Minus 190 favorite for the Lightning here. So now it's obviously crazy that it's a minus 140 favorite here for the Rangers. But even that still feels a little bit light with that 2-1 to one lead. But I guess we're just expecting another big performance here out of the Lightning. Quite frankly, this wasn't a 7-1 to one final, Kevin. In Game 3, you would say the Lightning right of the ship. You're taking a deep breath and going, whoo, feel a little fortunate we won Game 3. It wasn't that sweeping victory where they came out from start to finish and dominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, they're, look, they're a group who will be comfortable, backs up against the wall, all that. I appreciate that. I understand that, right? There's not a Ranger fan in the world. If I say, hey, look, it's 3-1, can you guarantee me you win? And listen, respect the champs. They're not going to say that. But I just think the Rangers are being a little bit undervalued right now when we talk about this series up against the Lightning. The radio audience is here with us on a Monday morning. Kevin Wallstein, right side of the early line. Taking a look at the Stanley Cup playoffs. Look, we've got game number four in the Western Conference Finals tonight. Uh, DRS, I think you and I agreed. At least I know for me, this Colorado throughout this postseason has impressed the most. They've been the favorites for a long time. When you looked at the Final Four, it looked to me like Colorado was set up to become the champs when this all is said and done. But up three, I think even for people who found this as close as imaginable, are a little bit surprised. Game number one of this series, revolutionized hockey, 8-6, unreal, 14 total goals. You've actually got two straight unders. Since then, they're back tonight. Evander Kane, I believe, suspended for the game, which is big as he's been fantastic for Edmonton throughout this postseason here. Colorado's favor to win it. The total's a seven again. What's the vibe right now for you between Colorado and Edmonton? Yeah, it is interesting, right? We saw that first game, 14 goals. Like, boy, this is going to continue all the way through. What a revolutionary series you're going to get where every game is posted at 7.5 and, and maybe they even push it up to an 8 if you had a crazy second game. But that's not the case. And we're talking about backup goalies coming in and playing well also. You have the shutout and then followed by a two-goal game. And it looks like the Avalanche are going to put the Oilers to bed. And it also brings into, okay, how long is this series going to go in the Eastern Conference and maybe the Colorado Avalanche get a big break here? I don't see anything changing at this point because obviously the Avalanche can win in high scoring games, lower scoring games. They can pitch the shutouts, but the one thing is for sure, the Avalanche bring the offense and that's going to be tough to beat here. And the Oilers had hey, take a flyer on this long shot. Not for me. They probably get closed out. It's look, Colorado's earned that respect. Um, the one thing for me, and I, I took a play of this. I was, I sent it out to the hockey guys on Twitter. DRS. I don't know if you got in the mix with this at all, but it was McDavid McKinnon and Dry's idol each to score two goals in the series, and then each to score three goals in the series. So McKinnon yeah. and McDavid each are at two. I got nothing from Dry's idol so far, which was insane to me coming off of game number one, yeah. that they score six goals and, and you get nothing there. So and now, obviously, if this is, you know, wrapped up, it's a tough scene. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out all in all, though. Obviously, the Avs are in a big, big, big uh, advantage here. Up 3-0. We'll take a break. we come on back. Changes in Utah. That's next. Come on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Finals evened up through two games. The Warriors, a minus 115 favorite to win this series. Tomorrow's a day off. We'll really dive into who should be favored in this series. I'm not sure if Donnie and I uh, will agree, but one team has home court advantage right now, and it's not the team that started with it. But as the NBA Finals will entertain us, you know, here and there as they are out there, it'll be up to the NBA's drama wheel to continue to spin And Utah is providing early as we have Quinn Snyder stepping down. And as that domino falls almost immediately, the report from Adrian Wojnarowski that Donovan Mitchell is unsettled by Snyder's departure and isn't sure what this means for his future with the Utah Jazz. Let's not go too far in front. Let's start with the Snyder decision here. Look. This isn't surprising to me. This has been building this way. This is what all signs were indicating there. Utah need needed a change. The surprise to me is that this doesn't happen with a clear entry point for Quinn Snyder. You thought the Lakers' job was there. Were these ships passing in the night? Did Quinn Snyder not want the Lakers' job? I, that is the, the the little surprise to me. And that's not me saying Snyder. I would have rathered Snyder over Darvin Ham if I were the Los Angeles Lakers. But we thought they wanted Snyder as maybe their top guy. That's the only aspect that this is surprising to me, Donnie, is that this decision comes after the Lakers' job is filled. Yeah, from a Quinn Snyder perspective, right, where you're looking for your next job and you say, hey, things aren't working out here. Let's mutually agree to part ways. There's still a few coaching vacancies. You know, some phone calls, I'm pretty sure, to the agent of Quinn Snyder have been taking place all along. But my question here for Quinn Snyder is, what does he actually want out of this next year? Because you're right. I mean, you're taking a look at just about every job here filled already, and you can still make changes this late in the game because it is June. You're not going to start your next NBA season till October. So if other teams are saying, hey, Quinn Snyder's a pretty good basketball coach, we were questionable or iffy with keeping our own guy and make that move. 
But typically, when you're a head coach, you're already plotting your next. I'm going to be in Utah next year. I'm not worried about this. We'll work this out over the next couple of weeks here. We'll come to an agreement. We'll get this team back rolling, maybe make it a change or two to the players, and we'll see if we can run this back. Because quite frankly, you have a good basketball team and a pretty good nucleus, even though it hasn't worked out. And I agree there should be some changes here. But I could see where Quinn Snyder manages. Hey, let's not really break this down all that much. Let's make a couple minor tweaks and see if we can get at it. Whereas Quinn Snyder, at the end of the season, usually would say, it's not working. Let me go. There's six jobs available. I know I can get one of those, and I'll move on with my career. You get your new coach, and everything will be fine. You see if you can work things out. But the fact of the matter, this happened so late where you're saying, okay, now somebody else is going to have to fire their head coach now because they want Quinn Snyder. This puts everybody in an awkward spot here where if you thought Quinn Snyder wanted another job and he was ready for one, he would have been out a few weeks ago. The, the thing for – you know, the Jazz, this is tough. You lose the second winningest coach in, in the history of your organization. And I don't think anyone's going to catch Jerry Sloan uh, all in all there, right? So, th- I mean, this is a guy that has, you know, legitimate status here in Utah. They've been to the playoffs six years in a row. Now, they've underperformed in the playoffs. I, I think even the people in Utah would admit as much. But Snyder's had his moments with this basketball team and this basketball organization no doubt. So he should be a sought-after commodity. Is Popovich going to retire? And we're going to end up with that bombshell within the next two weeks or so? Maybe. That's kind of been the indication. I I struggled to imagine that Snyder's going to take a year off. Doesn't that feel a little unlikely, Donnie? That at 55 years old, which for a coach is not old at all, probably the prime, if anything, maybe of your coaching career, that he's just going to step away from the game. And and I say this because the only job out there, other than Utah, really seems to be Charlotte. But we've heard rumors that they're eyeing in on Kenny Atkinson here. So as you kind of alluded to, somebody's going to, I guess, have to make a move. You would have thought any firings would have already been done. That's why my eye points to Pop. Maybe Pop needed to see if Snyder was ultimately going to leave Utah and trust the organization in his hands. And you're right about that, because let's take a look at how jobs are usually secured here. You would be naive to think like, oh, now Quinn Snyder's out where the agents and you know the GMs and the front office people are making calls. Now they know this. They know this weeks and months in advance. Hey, what's going to happen here if this doesn't work out in Utah? And the agent for Quinn Snyder, but hey, look, by the way, He's open to anything here, so make sure you save a spot in that interview order for Quinn Snyder. The fact of the matter that this came up, I don't know how late it is, and also, are we? is there a big market for, like, oh, maybe he just stepped right into the booth, Kevin, and he can call NBA games, and he can be on a you know <laughs> pregame show. I, I don't hear anybody say, oh, he's going to be a sensational superstar in that role. So it is kind of odd. Maybe he's looking for one of those years where you just recharge the batteries, and every year in the NBA, just as like all sports, five, six, seven jobs come open, and maybe he picks one that he absolutely wants. Because right now, to be honest with you, wouldn't it feel forced? Like you're in Utah, pretty stable franchise, used to making it to the playoffs, but even not deep here. Are you going to like Jordan and Charlotte have no chance every single year? That's the destination that you really wanted to go to? Now, granted, they might pay him a lot of money and say, okay, I can work it out here and see what happens. But aren't you at this stage of your career if you're Quinn Snyder? Didn't work out at Utah, a pretty good franchise. Let me make sure I go to another franchise on stable ground that's used to making the playoffs and maybe making playoff runs that would entice me here. Because right now, the options are really thin. It's a good. Does Quinn Snyder leave without a plan, right? Is it, yes. is it, yeah. And like, would the Jazz have been willing to give him a one year deal? You think NFL, right? Doug Peterson, Mike McCarthy, those one year off, they were fired. 
Those guys were fired from their jobs. Quinn Snyder's not fired. Utah would have kept him if he wanted to stay. Would they maybe have been unwilling to do a one-year, let's see if we can do this one more time? It's tough to say. It, it, it really is. And I guess the other – but here's the other thing, though, Donnie. Now, Utah job might not be all that enticing anymore. Donovan Mitchell's like, oh, man, I, I can't believe Quinn wants to leave. I, I guess I'll have to do the same. Go Bears over there, playing like, man, get me out of here. I'm the star of the Utah Jazz, which has been surprising. Look, I think the Donovan Mitchell reads an easy one. Donovan Mitchell's ready to leave Utah. Uh, unless everything kind of is put on a silver platter for Donovan Mitchell, where he gets Rudy Gobert out, which he wants. Everyone in Utah starting to admit it. And he gets to basically pick the head coach, for lack of a better term here. I think Donovan Mitchell's ready to press the eject button. But here's the thing that I'm consistent on. I think they should get rid of both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. There is not a return for either one of those two that you would rep- that you would be able to pair with the remaining all-star to go out there and run up to the next level and achieve championship status. I know it's going to sound crazy, Donnie, but I think we're in full blow-up mode here in Utah. I think Donovan's out, Quinn Snyder's already gone, and I think Rudy Gobert might follow the, the trio. And I think everybody agreed at the end of the playoff run, look, how many years are you going to do this in a row where your fan base is still going to buy in and say, we expect to get knocked out? And maybe you were getting that glimmer of hope if you're saying, oh, look at this. Luka Doncic is probably going to be out for the series. We'll move on. We'll make everything better. And it still didn't happen. And the thing I always laugh about when you look at it and say, okay, let's build the team. Rudy Gobert is a very good defensive center. And you say, okay, for what? 10 million, 12 million bucks, man, he's a nice piece to a team. How about him making $35 million per year at this point to basically be a nothing on offense and just play defense in today's NBA? Now, granted, having a guy that plays really good defense is a nice luxury to have, but a $35 million a year luxury, I agree. If you get with a Quinn Snyder, you could probably get a great package back here for at least Donovan Mitchell, move on from Rudy Gobert and try to retool that organization because, quite frankly, it wasn't working the past couple of years. And just because you changed the head coach, we're expected to make a deep playoff run in Utah? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Look, I, I think Mitchell is ready for that exit, unless it all lines up nicely. But I think Gobert is as well. And if Utah wants to hold on to one of the two, okay. It Again, I think Donovan Mitchell, though, is going to want to be involved. Here's the deal, folks. Just so, I mean, Some people probably don't realize this, right, Donnie? You know he's be pulling the strings out here in Utah. Danny Ainge. So... Look, I don't think Danny Ainge is going to have Donovan Mitchell walk into his office and tell him how to how to get the job done here and who he's going to hire. Get big changes coming in Utah. We will follow that story closely. But up next, the Major League Baseball preview. You've been waiting on. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live here on a Monday morning, Kevin Walsh, Donnie Wright, Side Major League Baseball previews coming up. I just wanted to sneak this in here quickly, Donnie, before we move off of that uh, Utah Jazz topic there about the Donovan Mitchell aspect of this there, the potential suitors, favorite landing spots. I- I've talked a lot about this on-, on the betting above the rim side here. We've talked about it on this show as well. I thought I think the Miami Heat are going to be in the mix yeah. for this. I think if you're the Miami Heat, you saw the offensive side of the ball could use a boost. It's tough to rely on shooting that you might end up benching in Duncan Robinson to be an, an, another score. Look, Kyle Lowry was hurt. Tyler Hero was at, was just not even available there. I think the Miami Heat, they were firmly going to be a name you see in the mix on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and they have the pieces to trade, right? Because I think the number one guy in there was going to be Tyler Hero and a multiple first-round picks heading over to the Utah Jazz. So that would certainly make sense. And also the flexibility that it seems like the Miami Heat organization provide their guys each and every year where they're always in the mix for this, whether it's contract-bound, whether you can give up the first-round picks, or just having enough ample young talent to make those moves, it would fit extremely well. You take a look at teams like the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously in the market for adding that third guy, but they got to move a lot of pieces around. Is James Harden, they said already, ready, Kevin. They're not going to sign him to a long-term max deal, but you still have that extra year, that player mm-hmm. opt-in that James Harden is probably going to provide, and it's not so easy to say, hey, you want Tobias Harris straight up for Donovan Mitchell? That's not happening. So some of these teams will be creative, but as we say that, when a young superstar is ready to change teams, there's going to be a lot of suitors for that superstar. Yeah, look, so uh, the other thing I'll tell people as well, Donovan Mitchell's got three full years on his contract before the option. Now, you would think under 30 years old, he will not opt in. He'll probably get paid again. That would be the assumption there. Three full years. That is a lot of time on your deal to ask out and then get what you want. But again, there's a couple of competing factors when we talk about this. Rudy Gobert is in the same exact boat. We don't think they're both going to be there. Does it really make sense to trade one and not the other? Quinn Snyder's just left. And I think Danny Ainge, part of the reason that he maybe has found himself in Utah is the interest in a rebuild like obviously they were able to execute in Boston. And Danny Ainge is going to be able to hold some cards here with three full years of contract to talk about. These are not rentals. In fact, just we'll use Miami as an example, Don. The Miami could trade for Donovan Mitchell, and if they don't love what's going on, trade him in two years' time. And trade him in two years' time if things don't work out and still get a you know a good amount of pieces coming back their direction. So this, again, this to me feels like the biggest story of the offseason. You never know what else is going to pop up. You never know who's going to surprise Donnie. But you have two guys that have been now pretty consistent all-stars 
in Gobert and Mitchell, and it seems almost like a guarantee one of them is going to be gone. Yeah, and also when you take a look at other cities here, we'd love to have these guys shifting the balance of power. You already have a team like the Miami Heat, which we just talked about. They were the number one overall seed. You add a player like Mitchell, you get increasingly better. Or some of the other teams that can certainly add him, or even Rudy Gobert, say what you want. I mean, some of these teams willing to pay up against that luxury tax. You get a Rudy Gobert as one of those guys where we have plenty of offense. At, like, just take a look at Golden State, right? You know, Draymond Green down there, we get it. But there was talks about they were going to move on from Draymond Green and how that could fit. Guys like Rudy Gobert on one of those higher scoring teams say, hey, we need at least some semblance of defense. You can get that out of Gobert, but I'm interested to see where Spider Mitchell goes. And it's great the fact that we're not even through the NBA finals. Like, oh, free agency coming up in the trade market here. You can oh, ship yeah. the balance of power somewhere. It'd be fun to see where he lands. NBA waits for no one, folks. The NBA offseason nope. waits for no one. All right, let's make the move over here to Major League Baseball. Excited to get in the mix. I see my guy Hunter Greening on the mound. I see him favored. What's that about? What did I miss? How long have I been gone? Uh, I mean, did <laughs> a year? That can't be so. Hunt, I mean, the Cincinnati Reds, maybe they're starting to figure it out. That total, though, I mean, that thing's still a nine and a half, which you have. Which you have to imagine uh, the expectation is still runs. But you tell me, Donnie, what are you lining up here? Cincinnati and Arizona start the baseball board. Yeah, probably lining up an over. Now, if we take a look here first at the Arizona Diamondbacks and how they match up, I got to tell you, Arizona is an interesting ball club. We're not expecting them to do much here in the Major League Baseball season, but every day they line up extremely well against teams because of the ability, Kevin, you hear me say it over and over. They can line up eight left-handed bats in the lineup today out of nine total, which is fairly impressive. Now, with Hunter Green bounced around, he had a couple starts, he was like, hey, he might be turning the corner, got bounced in his last start. His XFIP is close to five, which is never a good thing, but he is a decent strikeout guy here close to 30 percent of the batters if we take a look right but here's the thing right right-handed batters 119 that he's faced during the season hunter green is a right-handed pitcher a 400 weighted on base percentage and an iso of 346 now as i say that you start looking at your shops going oh man we are going to detonate but i just told you what the arizona diamondbacks like to do they like to throw left-handed batters so if we're saying that a guy that gives up a 400 weighted on base percentage to righties is going to face one righty in the lineup tonight maybe you do get the advantage of hunter grand because typically you're right why is he favored over madison bumgarner and name that's why because statistics matter and matchups matter if you're going to throw that many left-handed batters out there where he performs better against than the right-handed batters that gives you an advantage but having said that you know, maybe I'm not having a very good year either with a high XFIP number. You see that total listed high? It's there for a reason. I'm going to say even though Arizona doesn't match up all that great with Hunter Green, what's he good for, Kevin? Five innings, six innings, three earned runs at that point. Same thing with Maybaum. Puts yeah. you right in that chance of getting the over. That's the way I would lean in this game. It, 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 it makes sense there all in all. I just, I, you know, like, man, if this guy gives you, Donnie, five innings and three earned, it's just like, Pop champagne time, right? Like, it's like, I can't believe yeah. it. Finally got that start that we were looking for there. Uh, keep in mind, as Don is talking about here with Cincinnati, though, this is a team that has the second highest over percentage in Major League Baseball as a home team, 17-8 and eight to the over. I know the offenses have been picking up here. And Donnie mentions the strikeout pitch. Uh, no, The second most strikeouts per game as a team for the Arizona Diamondbacks there. So his strikeout prop for this baseball game is six and a half. Some stuff to certainly keep our eye on. We keep this thing moving. Guardians and Rangers. The Guardians part of that's never going to. They got to change it. Can they change it again? Can they change it again? The guy just doesn't look real. It's just, it is what it is, though. It's quite. Oh, man. Wantrell's out here on the mound. Oh, they're giving out today against John Gray in Cleveland. 
Does the weather line up? Could it be? Man, Donna, are you circling stuff up here on a Monday? What's the deal? Donna, we could. I mean, it's kind of interesting where I said, all right, man, let's get into this Monday baseball card. And it's like, let's fill up a couple things. Well, we have to usually kind of pick and choose. We used every game today to stretch it into two segments. So we're digging down deep to get after. But you are correct. You look at Quantrill today. How about this? A 125 XFIT minus. If we're looking at all the pitchers on the slate, he's second to last. So immediately you get excited. Now, old school guys would say, oh, hold on. 3.52 ERA. This guy's dealing this year. But look at a Sierra, a 5.01 which means he's been getting way more lucky than he has been good. And quite frankly, I did see your tweet over the weekend that said, whoa, look at these runs scoring. Are we back? Now, maybe it's just the weather. Maybe it's hitters are finally getting underway. Maybe the baseballs or the humidors are getting toned down so we can get back to some of those pings like baseballs hitting into the seats in the outfield. Because quite frankly, sooner or later, Quantro is going to get hit. And maybe it's today. But if we take a look here for Texas, how about John Gray? Out of all the pitchers on this slate, number two overall in XFIT minus at an 89. In ERA, here's the opposite. We just talked about Quantrill. He's got a 4.83. Say, so, man, that stinks. But take a look at his XFIT, 3.52 in Sierra, 3.63. The better pitcher on the mound is here for Texas. So I don't trust Quantrill. If there's any way I'm going to this, would be a fade of Cal Quantrill. Yeah, look, let me just add this, though, to what Donnie was talking about there. So this was on June 3rd. So on that Friday, I guess it was. Uh, this was on uh, from the Twitter account Stats by Stats there, uh, which is, you know, I was just tracking different things here. Uh, and the tweet read, today six different MLB teams have hit at least five home runs in a game. There had never been more than four teams that hit five-plus homers in a game on the same day prior to today. So out of nowhere, it, it just kind of exploded. And we have plenty of time to get to the rest of the slate, Donnie. So I guess, like, it's probably going to take a bit, though, right, for your numbers to maybe kind of agree with what we're now starting to see is an uptick in offense here, maybe two weeks away from maybe things starting to line up and then maybe being able to get into that consistent comfort zone when we talk about team totals and things of the nature. Well, now you're able to take a little bit more of a leap of faith and say, well, what does that actually mean, Donnie? You know, like these teams, like they're not performing, but they should be able to hit. And based on their last week and a half where they're coming out of a shell, maybe a certain team like the Philadelphia Phillies piling up runs here. Even if you look at their statistics, right? The, you know, Reese Hoskins outside of Bryce Harper, you know, not much going on there. JT Ramuto, I believe, was hit like 246 or 250, which is ridiculous at this point. Schwarber under 200. You saw Breeson Stott yesterday with that game-winning home run. He had lifted his average to 159 on the season so maybe you start to say okay if you give me an 88 degree day with the wind blowing out against two average pitchers instead of me saying well only four guys in this lineup out of six project to be plus batters today maybe you can say this guy's starting to turn the corner just taking a look at a seven day period or a 14 day period or a 30 day period trying to wipe out that april months it does come in here but as i said more of those leap of faith that's saying you know what this guy should get bounced around on the mound. And maybe tonight's the night. Mm -hmm. And those games turning into four, five, six, seven run games. Those are fun to watch where it's like saying, I don't have that perfect scenario, Kevin, but I think I have enough. And when they start to cash in, times start getting good. Look, we have a six-game slate in baseball. Four of the six over under nine or more. Beautiful. No six-and-a-halves. No flat sevens. This is... This is a different baseball board than what we were breaking down a month ago. Folks, you had six games on the slate. You might be lucky to get, you know, 
Nine yeah. total runs, it, it would feel like sometimes scored it, between a, across the six games here. It's a different slate. Still tons more to break down. Four more games for us to hit before we send you on your way. It is the early line on a Monday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's keep this thing moving here on the early line. Up next is Mariners-Astros as we break down a little AL West action here on a Monday morning. Uh, The... Doesn't it just feels weird to say the reigning AL Cy Young, Robbie Ray. It just doesn't feel that way. It is what it is, uh, is on the road here against the Astros as a dog, as you would anticipate. Total is a flat eight right now in Houston. Donnie, what stands out when you are lining up these two teams here? Yeah, it should be an under in this game. Now, Robbie Ray's last performance, I believe, was against the Baltimore Orioles, which I backed him, saying, I should be able to go out there and have a decent strike. He got lumped up in that game. So you're looking for a bounce back here from Ray, and I think you might actually get it. Now, hear me out. So many times that you laugh at and you say, hey, Don, who do you like then? Well, usually it's the Houston Astros. But they don't line up all that well against left-handed pitching. If we take a look at Robbie Ray, the one thing that he does well, typically is still strike guys out. If we're taking – you know, maybe a, a different approach here and saying, well, what has Robbie Ray done well? And the pitchers today, obviously, there's only six games. He actually comes in fourth in exit minus at a 92, which is still above average. That 100-point line that you look at, anything above not being a good pitcher, anything below that, you will take him. And Robbie Ray's got that 92. But if we look at his ERA, Kevin, a 4.93 but his XFIP is still decent at a 3.66. Now, if we take a look to see the way Robbie Ray lines up here with that lineup from the Houston Astros, if we're looking from an ISO power perspective, sure, they're going to be able to line up a lot of right-handed batters in the lineup today. But if we say Jose Altuve, 
a 333 ISO power number against left-handed pitching. You'll take that. Yuli Gurriel, 189, that's fine. Pena at a 244, good. Everybody else below that 175. And if we look at weighted on base percentages here, only two guys, Jordano Alvarez, or Jordan Alvarez at a 352 and Pena at a 384. Everybody else below that line. But sometimes you get a little shell-shocked and say, well, I backed Robbie Ray on the road last time, and it didn't work out. And that was in Baltimore, a pitcher's ballpark all of a sudden, where they were giving up home runs left and right, that typically Houston at home will get the job done. But I think I read somewhere also, Houston, one of the better under teams in Major League Baseball. So if I'm looking at this game from a Robbie Ray perspective of how he matches up against Houston, I think he matches up well. And I'm going to take the under in this game between the Seattle Mariners and the Houston Astros. Yeah, so the Astros right now are the biggest under team in baseball, and it's yeah. by a ton, by a ton, Donnie. How about 72% of their games going under, mm. 39 and 15? I mean, that's that's the best team in baseball right Incredible. there. Yeah. 30, I mean, 39, I mean, that's an unreal hit. By the way, second is Detroit, 65% of their games. Third, Pittsburgh, 58%. That a 14% gap between the Astros Crazy. and the third most unders in the Pittsburgh Pirates. So to your to your point there, Don, it has been open season when we talk about unders and Astro games. Uh, one thing I'll look at at that game as well is those Christian Javier strikeouts at five and a half. The plus money's key. It's plus 114 right now. The projections are solid. Last game, I know he didn't get there at only four, but the two prior games were that nine and nine, Cleveland and Texas. Javier's a guy who jumps off the page early uh, as I'm looking at some of the strikeout props for this slate here. Uh, let's move over. Pff, man, Angels, Red Sox. This is perfect. Like, this is a serendipitous series. Perfect timing, right? Boston's red hot. Back to a 500-ball club. The Angels are playing maybe the worst baseball anybody's played all year long, losing 11 games in a row. They're back home. They need it. They need to be able to put themselves back above 500. And Syndergaard gets the ball with a total of a nine. What do you think here, Donnie, with the Angels and the Red Sox? Yeah, let's take a look at Syndergaard here on the season, a 105 XFIP minus number four ERA. You know, but a Sierra number is actually pretty good here if we take a look. Actually, 422, so it's not that great. We're looking for a bounce back in that, but you're right. Who's going to come out of this? And also, the Angels can't continue to keep losing, can they? Well, apparently they can at this point. And if you look at Syndergaard, the right-handed pitcher, his XFIP is a little bit elevated here. Righty and lefty batters, it's not that bad, though, when you take a look at the weighted on base percentages. 302 to lefties, 279 to righties, and his ISO power numbers, particularly the right right-handed batters, very low with an 089. So if you look at the Boston hitters, the first five guys or so in the lineup should be able to do damage tonight. If we're looking at just a weighted on base percentage from a right-handed pitcher to a lineup for the Red Sox, Duran a 433, Devers a 402, J.D. Martinez 393, Xander Bogarts at 375. You have some bats in that should do damage. And sometimes when we talk about just riding streaks, are you confident here that the Angels can fly back home and say, all right, good, get some home cooking here? You should have won the game yesterday. No question about it to end that streak. You didn't. You fly 3,000 miles home. And quite frankly, I'll just continue to take Boston here until you show me Angels that you're going to wake up and Mike Trout can actually get on base or get a base hit. I don't see there's any way that you could possibly even take the Angels at this point. Which is, again, incredible to even think about there. Trout right now is... Listen, so this is going to sound weird. He's minus 230 to get a hit, which you hear, they go, oh, I mean, he's supposed to get a hit. I mean, Mike Trout's supposed to be minus 300, minus 315 to get a hit, right, on a regular basis there. So the, that it's just, it goes to show, 
Uh, he's minus 105 for two-plus bases. He's not earned uh, that number kind of with those recent performances there. But you got it. Like, you want to talk about, like, a straightforward same-game parlay, Angels and Trout to get a hit, right? Let's see what that yeah. does here for you. Plus 140. And by the way, that's not to go against what Donnie said right there. It's that That's just like a this has to hit at some point kind of parlay, right? Like Trout has to get yep. a hit and the Angels have to win. Is it tonight? I'm not sure. By the way, just quickly before we move on here, uh, Noah and uh, Waka have actually faced off. It's always weird how this works to me once before this season. This was in Boston on the 3rd of May. Uh, five and two-thirds, three hits, no runs allowed, no earned runs uh, whatsoever there for Waka, which was solid. And then seven innings of work, which is impressive from Syndergaard, but he gave up three earned. It was a 4 nothing win for Boston, so we'll see how that bounces back, though, uh, towards Los Angeles tonight. One more game for us to get to. Really excited for this series here. Mets-Padres. Uh, the Mets just helped out the Padres, obviously, taking two uh, in a row off of the Dodgers there. Well, the Padres now are going to have to try and help themselves here. We're talking about you know, the best teams in the National League, and these are two of them, no doubt. Blake Snell, a look, it's it's varying here, the, the status here. Minus 112, right now it's up to minus 120. This is your low total, though, on the board tonight, Donnie, at a 7.5. What are you seeing with Snell and Carrasco? Yeah, it should be an under. It really should play to it. Talking about one of the premier pitcher ballparks here in Major League Baseball. But also, I want to take a look at, you know, Carlos Carrasco going up against this Padres offense. You know, XFIP around a four, which isn't sensational, but he does have very good weighted on base percentages at a 263 to lefties and a 301 to righties. Keep in mind, again, Carrasco is a right-handed pitcher, but it comes down to what we're going to get out of the lineup here for the Padres because they can mix and match lefties and righties to give some issues to teams. But going up just against right-handed pitching here in 2022, how about this? Luke Voigt, a 174 ISO power number, which that number you want above the Major League Baseball average is 175. Every single player on this team is below that 174 for an ISO power number. If we take a look at weighted on base percentage, how this Padres team is lining up against right-handed pitching this year, getting on base and doing some damage, Manny Machado's got a 382, which is very good. Every single player on this team, 325 or less behind him. So Carrasco should have a decent night. And if I'm looking at a cheap price on the Mets to keep rolling, I might dip into this. Now we'll see if Snell has, you know, continues his way back only a couple starts here in 2022. But I'm going to trust Carrasco and the Mets here. I'll take the under and the Mets in this ballgame. Okay. All right. There you go. Little dog price on the Mets might line up nicely there. Now the, the thing with with a a series like this, though, right, for the Mets is to take – now, I know it was a four-game set, so you split there, right? But you now play three against San Diego. You just can't get swept in my eyes, right? Like, Donnie, if you go seven games all on the road, Dodgers, Padres, and you come away three and four, I think you take that every time, don't you? So, like, that's how I kind of see it here for the Mets. Whereas for the Padres – and we'll see if they're gonna, what they're going to be able to do here. But look, they're only two back of the Dodgers. Like I have to keep doing this to try to keep this in check with this Dodgers team here. Is like this is far from any type of far gone conclusion that they are just going to run away with the NL West. They have themselves in a dogfight, Donnie, with the Padres, and the Padres have a chance with a little three game win streak to make a bit of a statement here to see what they can do up against the New York Mets. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good series here. And you're right, from a Mets perspective, it looked like it might have been a disastrous start to that road trip. And then you're facing Walker Bueller. You end up pasting him and let, let alone the Mets getting a split, which feels like a big-time win for them at this point because you're up so much. You still want to have that edge because we always talk about it, and you can even fast-forward this season. Well, hey, the Mets didn't play meaningful baseball since July. That hurts you when you get into the playoffs because you're not in that grind mode where maybe a team that was two back heading into September where every game means something, you stay in that mental grind throughout the postseason. But from a Mets perspective here, picking up those two wins against the Dodgers was fairly key because if they end up, let's just say they lose those four games, now you're under pressure. And when you just want to play defense on your season, hey, you got a 10-game lead about here still over the Atlanta Braves. Let's just handle our business against the bad teams in Major League baseball and tread water bents the good ones that should be enough to get you into the playoffs and still keep you at that margin where you're not sweating out the last week of the season so we'll see who comes out tonight and again i do like the mets against the padres tonight so i think it'll be a good start to the series here for the mets as opposed to what we had there from the dodgers series which also then to me brings up one more point before we button this game up and button up everything as it pertains to major league baseball is Mookie Betts has jumped Manny Machado. When we talk about, the, we've talked a lot about the AL MVP race, right? Mookie's coming. He's caught Manny Machado. When we talk about that NL MVP race, he's plus three twenty. Manny Machado is your second choice of plus four forty. Then Goldschmidt, then Bryce Harper, then Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso leads baseball right now with fifty four RBIs, with fifty six games played. You can do the math. He's on pace for about one hundred and fifty RBIs. He's hit 16 mm -hmm. home runs, which is the second most in baseball. Only Aaron Judge has hit more. So let me ask you this, right? This is something that we're trying to get a hold of here. How much can record matter? If the Mets have the best record in the National League and Pete Alonso bats 285, 40-plus home runs, 125-plus RBIs, is he undervalued at 12 to 1 right now for this NL MVP race? He actually is. He really is. But it seems like he's flying, even though he does lead the league in RBI, it seems like he's flying under the radar. It's just because Francisco yeah. Lindor was that big money free agent where he gets most of the shine and he's having a pretty good baseball season. Or the fact that we're just waiting for like a Max Scherzer to come back or a Jacob DeGrom. It seems like there's so many more storylines with the Mets where you lose focus, you lose sight or focus of Pete Alonzo. When you talk about the Angels, the only two names that ever come up are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. You talk about the Yankees here, even though having a fantastic season and Nestor Cortez actually moved from 11 to 1 to 8 to 1 after beating Shohei Otani last week in the AL Cy Young race, it just seems like the only guy you talk about from the Yankees is Aaron Judge. Maybe a little bit lost in the wash for Pete Alonso. As long as he continue to play good baseball, whole move up. But you saw yesterday, right? The big moment out of Bryce Harper on a team that's struggling, he gives them the grand slam. He moves up in the race at 9 to 1 mm -hmm. is $3 better than Pete Alonso. Pete will get his due here, but there's so many taglines here with the Yankees. I think he gets lost a little bit. I, I think the the other thing right now for Pete, right? So I don't mean to remove Bryce from the conversation. I just, I don't know. He doesn't feel as firmly in this to me, even if the odds uh, say otherwise. Mookie Betts right now is batting 303, 16 home runs, right? He's been awesome. Paul Goldschmidt's batting 343, and, Machado, and Machado's hitting 333. Pete Alonso's 280. For Pete Alonso, Donnie, 283. Mets fans are ecstatic about that. For the yep. MVP race, that might be the one thing holding impact. But again, 54 RBIs, 56 games in is unbelievable. Fun baseball board. Excited to watch that play out. Tomorrow is a new day. But before you go anywhere, you make sure that you listen up when we close it out here. On the early
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, last segment of the day here for the early line on a Monday. Radio on Spears, it's in town of 159 on the grid, both myself and Kevin Walsh. Good to have Kevin back in the mix here as we talk some NDA action. But before also, look, we always set the table here on the grid. Coming up next year, the morning after with Ben Stevens. And you know who's going to be part of that over the first hour? You guessed it, your boy Donnie Wright. But before we get to that, the NBA Finals, I need to ask this question. Are we set up for seven? Listen up. Give us what we want, NBA. Give us a seven-game series, East versus West. Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. We saw in game one, probably going to be an easy victory here from the Golden State Warriors as they were up double digits entering into the fourth quarter, and they collapsed. But then I was watching the game last night early in the first quarter. Ooh, look at this. You know, Celtics come out with that early edge, end up losing the first quarter by one point, which is great because it helped out my uh, bank account at that point with a half point that I needed to cover in the first quarter. And it got done. Thank you, Golden State Warriors. We had a two-point game at the half. I said, could this finally be one of those games where we go all the way through and we watch this through the fourth quarter in the final minute, timeouts, and as many times I have to say, man, these games take way too long in the final minute. It'll be nice to actually see competition in the final minute and maybe a game hanging in the balance because it wasn't last night 107 88 victory here by the golden state warriors including a massive third quarter which basically ended the game at that point i know what you're saying like oh well donna didn't end the game before in game one a double digit lead dissipated there in the fourth quarter not the case but we won a seven game series i love the fact that the series is 1-1 heading back to boston here i would love to see another split in boston where boston wins a game Golden State wins another one. They have a best of three, five, six, and seven game that we would have a home court advantage for the Golden State Warriors, and you see if the Celtics can fight back. I am really interested in seeing this, and we deserve this. And quite frankly, let's get some late-game heroics here with late three-point shots, you know, calls that should have gone one way or another, and maybe 
Draymond Green getting tossed out of a game here. We are set for seven. I can feel it here. Let's have this extended series. But before that, you guys know the drill. Grid's got you covered the rest of the day, and Ben Stevens comes on up next right here on Sirius XM. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.